Welcome to the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want the truth about having a healthy, happy, strong body. Remember, your body was meant to move. Now here's your host, Stephen Sashen. You may have heard about minimalist shoes or barefoot shoes. Do you want them? Which ones do you get? Which are good? Which are bad? Which aren't even what they say they are? That's what we're going to find out in today's podcast. Welcome to the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a healthy, happy, strong body. In the Movement Movement podcast, we're going to be cutting through the mythology, the confusion, the propaganda, sometimes the outright lies that people tell you that keep you from enjoying doing what bodies like to do, which is move, walk, run, swim, hike, play, lift, whatever your body likes to do, we're here to have you do that. I always like to say, let's start the Movement Movement with some moving, so do something anything. What you want to do whenever you can for moving is break out of patterns that you've already had. So if you're sitting right now, do something that you not normally do. Maybe shimmy. Maybe just move your shoulders back and forth and lean back and forth when you do that. Think of, <laughs> think of pretend you're in Greece. I don't know where I just came up with that. I literally don't think I've ever done that in my life. Or try just the other way around. Just go up and back this way. Or like tense something really tense and then let it go. Or stand up and spin around a couple times. Wait, I'll do that here in my chair. And then take a couple of deep breaths. Just do anything to let your body kind of break out of whatever it's been doing. Because when your body is stiff, your mind can be stiff. When your mind gets stiff, it can also make your body stiff. So we're here to help you become more flexible in both your body and your mind. We call it the movement movement because we are trying to make natural movement the obvious, better, healthy choice, the same way that natural food currently is. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about footwear and shoes and feet because feet are your foundation. And frankly, when it comes to natural movement, it's where the most confusion seems to lie. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, if this whole idea of natural movement resonates with you, then subscribe. Click like, friend, share, whatever it is that you're doing, depending on the platform that you're engaging with us on right now. And come to our website, jointhemovementmovement.com, and that'll point you to all the different places, all the different social channels where you can participate with us. If you have any suggestions or questions, send them to move, M-O-V-E, at jointhemovementmovement.com. I'm Stephen Sashen. I'm CEO and co-founder of Zero Shoes, along with my wife, Lena. And I'm not here to try and sell you Zero Shoes, although if you want to try them out, we're happy to have you do that because Zero Shoes are all about natural movement. And you can find us at Zero Shoes. Oh, like my t-shirt, X-E-R-O Shoes.com. Okay. So back in 2009, 2010, this whole idea of minimalist footwear took off. There was a book called Born to Run by Chris McDougall that became very popular and made the whole idea of barefoot running start to get some traction, and it made the shoe companies lose their minds. They were afraid that overnight people were going to stop buying shoes and just start running around barefoot, frankly, the way human beings have been doing for thousands of years, or maybe with just you know some really thin little bit of protection. Suffice it to say, the shoe companies were worried that you were going to suddenly realize that you know maybe spending $150 on a pair of shoes that wore out after three months wasn't necessary. And so the first thing they did was starting to tell people that, oh, you don't want to run barefoot. You don't want to try any of that because if you do that, all hell is going to break loose and uh, you're going to get bed bugs and you're going to step on nails. And you're, I'm trying to think of things that it would, bad things that would happen. You'll never be able to get organic carrots again. Just it was insane what they were doing to try to keep you from doing what, look, as kids, what many of us love to do all summer long is take off our shoes and run around barefoot. I don't know why it wasn't a problem then and suddenly is now, but they were losing their minds. By the end of 2010, though, 
everything started to change. And suddenly, this whole idea of barefoot shoes and minimalist shoes took off because the big companies started to sell them. Now, here's the kicker. There's a couple. Kicker number one. The shoes that they were making, they were making the claim that you would get the same benefit from wearing the shoes that you would get from being barefoot, despite the fact that there was no barefoot runner on the planet that I knew of who would ever say that to you. Look, again, I'm the CEO of a company that makes minimalist, quote, barefoot shoes. I wouldn't say that. Barefoot is different than wearing anything. And I'm a big barefooter. I spend maybe 80, 90% of my time barefoot. And I recommend that you do as much as you can. Not saying that you walk around in a Costco barefoot. I will say, if you've never walked into a grocery store barefoot and hung out by the produce section when the mister is going off, it's kind of like being a, an adult jumping through sprinklers. It's awesome. And if kids look at you and go, mommy, what's that man doing? Then you know you're on the right track because people freak out when people around them are having fun. So I highly recommend it. On a hot summer day, man, the floors in the produce section and the frozen section in a, in a grocery store, uh, couldn't be better. But be that as it may. So late 2010, these companies were coming out with things they called minimalist or barefoot shoes and claiming that they gave you the same benefit as barefoot, which is simply not the case. In fact, let's just jump into this whole idea about, about the phrase barefoot shoe, because I know a lot of people get really upset about this and they go, well, you're either barefoot or you're in shoes. You can't be a barefoot shoe. And that is true. I don't know why I did that strange voice because that's not at all what those people sound like. I don't know what they sound like. I just see them typing emails or messages saying, you can't be barefoot and in shoes at the same time. It's an oxymoron. Yes, it is. Kind of. The idea behind the phrase barefoot shoe is that it's shoes that give you the same, not even the same, all the same benefits, but basically let your feet move as close to being barefoot as possible. What that means is uh, a quarter of the bones and joints of your whole body are in your feet and ankles, and you have more nerve endings in the soles of your feet anywhere but your fingertips and your lips. So barefoot shoe is trying to let your foot bend and move and flex and feel as close to barefoot as possible while still providing a layer of protection that you might need or some style that you need or some function that you might need. Like, you know, you might work somewhere where you need footwear, but you still want to have that natural motion thing going on. So that's where the whole barefoot shoe idea came from. Minimalist shoes, it was really a term that they coined as a way of not saying barefoot, but being as close to that as they could. And what a minimalist shoe really is, that more than anything else, was just a regular shoe with lighter materials, slightly less cushioning. But that's about it. If you look at most minimalist shoes, they look just like, I know this is going to sound crazy, shoes. And they again claim that the minimalist shoes gave the same benefits as a barefoot shoe. Now, let me show you the difference. I actually don't even have a regular, quote, regular minimalist shoe here. I can just show you the difference between... I can describe the difference between a what you might find from one of the major shoe companies and what you would find from a company like ours from Zero Shoes or to prove that I'm not just trying to sell Zero Shoes, one of our competitors, Vivo Barefoot, as an example, and this will give you the principles. So again, the idea for a true minimalist, true barefoot shoe is something that lets your foot be as natural as possible. So one thing that you'll see, a nice wide toe box. So if you look at a regular shoe, the shape of the toe box is usually pointy. That is not the shape of your foot, unless you've been shoving your foot into pointy shoes for years and years and years. So you want to look for something that's got a nice wide toe box. Now, is it going to be wide enough for every human being? No. Unfortunately, there's a broad spectrum of widths for human feet, and some are really narrow and some are really wide. And when you're in the business of making things, you've got to kind of pick your battles and figure out exactly what you can and can't do, especially a company like ours. We don't have an infinite amount of cash. We're bootstrapped. We don't have venture capital money behind us, so we can't make 
there's certainly never one thing that fits everybody, and we're not yet in a place where we can make different things to fit everybody. But again, on principle, nice wide toe box. Second thing, we don't elevate the heel. So that's called a zero drop. Drop is the height difference between the heel and the ball of the foot. So a zero drop means that we're not elevating the heel, which messes with your posture. And again, I'm not trying to say this, talk about just us and sell us. I want you to understand this so that when you go out and you see companies advertising minimalist or barefoot shoes, you can identify whether or not they are. And I'm going to kind of give you a spoiler. The reason for knowing this is because the research shows that most minimalist shoes are actually worse for you than regular shoes. And I will tell you why in just a moment. First, let's go back to what makes a truly minimalist shoe. So we don't elevate the heel. There's also no toe spring. Toe spring, in most shoes you'll see, toe is bent like this, especially athletic shoes. And the reason for that is the sole is stiff. And so because you can't actually use your toes naturally, they build in this sort of elevated toe thing so that as you rock forward, it rocks you onto your toes because otherwise you'd be slamming your foot in the ground. You don't need that if your foot can actually bend and flex. And which brings us to the next point, flexibility. If the shoe can't do something like this, that's not good. If it can't do something like, I'm twisting it around, something like this, that's not good. If it can't bend the other way, that's not good. You want a shoe that's as flexible as possible because your foot is really flexible as well. The next thing you want is low to the ground. So you'll see most shoes, there's a layer of rubber and then there's a bunch of foam. The higher you get, the worse your balance is. So we make things low to the ground for balance and agility. Think about stilts. The higher the stilt gets, the harder it is for you to balance. It's really no different than in shoes. And there's one other problem that happens when you have a shoe with a bunch of foam that gets higher off the ground is this is, I don't want to get into the physics, but what that does, typically there's going to be a flared heel. So the heel is going to be bigger and it's going to come out further to the side than where your actual heel is. And what that does is when you land, and not just on the heel, around the whole shoe actually, what that does is that it, when you land on your foot naturally, your foot comes in contact with the ground and then it naturally comes in contact on like the outside edge of the ground and then will come in contact with your entire foot on the ground. And I don't know why that was so hard to say. But if you have a flared sole, the sole is hitting the ground some amount of distance further out and down from where your foot would naturally hit. And this creates what's in physics known as a moment arm. Basically, it puts torque on your foot. It makes your foot hyperpronate or hypersupinate, or depending on how you, know, how you land. What it does is it changes the way you would naturally land and makes things move out of alignment way too quickly. We're out of alignment and it makes it move too quickly. So that's a problem as well. Uh, let's see, let's see. Um, lightweight is something you will find in, in almost all minimalist shoes, whether they're good for you or bad for you. Another thing with many minimalist shoes, again, they're made just like regular shoes. So the soles are designed so that they wear out in like they say three to 500 miles is when you're supposed to replace your shoes. Well, that's just not necessary. <laughs> when we design the rubber that we use in our shoes, we call it feel true rubber. Oh, that's what the point I was going to make. We call it feel true rubber. We approached our rubber manufacturer and said, here's the performance characteristics that we want. And he said, but that's not how they make athletic shoes. And we said, yeah, no joke. So, so we're using a material that actually lasts longer. It's just much more durable. Our soles have a 5,000-mile warranty. But that brings me to the other point about the sole, uh, the difference between a true minimalist shoe and a what Irene Davis at Harvard calls a partial minimalist shoe, what I call a fake minimalist shoe, is how thick they are, how much cushioning there is. Because again, you have all these nerve endings in the soles of your feet for a reason. They're sending signals to your brain about how to balance and use your entire body. If your feet can't get those signals, 
then not only is it harder to balance and harder to move effectively, but what sometimes happens is it makes your brain will tell your body to land harder because it's trying to get that feedback. So when you see a minimalist shoe with a midsole, a cushioned midsole, not only is that material going to wear out and wear out unevenly, but it's also not giving you the information that your brain needs. And this is why many of the minimalist shoes sold by the big shoe companies are worse for you than regular shoes because they're reducing the amount of feedback that you get enough that you can still run with bad form, but you don't have the protection that you actually need if you're going to run with bad form. Does that make sense? So if you're going to run badly, you do need to try, and badly means that you're reaching out with your foot too far in front of your body, often landing on your heel with a straight leg, which sends what Harvard's Daniel Lieberman calls an impact transient force spike up through your joints. If that's the way you're going to run, you're going to want to try and do something to accommodate that. But if you're going to be in a truly minimal shoe and use your body naturally, then you want, need to get all that feedback. And if you get rid of some of that feedback, your body might still do the bad thing and not even know that it's doing it. In fact, I did some uh, a little bit of research in a lab with a guy named Dr. Bill Sands. He used to be the head of biomechanics for the U.S. Olympic Committee. And we took some barefoot runners, some accomplished barefoot runners, and their form was great when they were running barefoot. And then we put some minimalist shoes on them, and they started overstriding and heel striking and running with bad form. And here's the kicker. They didn't even know they were doing it. So when you're looking for a minimalist shoe, you want something that, again, wide toe box, low to the ground, no big toe spring, no elevated heel, super, super flexible, and a thin enough sole that you can get the protection that you want or need, but the feedback that you want. In fact, speaking of protection, like this is one of our trail shoes, clearly a little more protection on the shoe, because if you're going to be on an aggressive trail, you may need that. Now, I will tell you, I know people who run barefoot on those same trails, but until you're ready for that, you might need something with a little more grip and a little more protection. So you want to do what's appropriate for you, but the most important thing is you're trying to let your foot move naturally. That's the whole real idea behind barefoot minimalist footwear, is to get from the ground up, from the foot up, letting your body start to move naturally. That's what I want to encourage you to do, and I hope this little intro to uh, Minimalist Footwear is helpful for helping you do that. If you have any questions, send an email to move at jointhemovementmovement.com, or better yet, engage in the conversation. Go to jointhemovementmovement.com, and then use that to find us on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, YouTube, wherever we happen to be, wherever you're engaging with this podcast, and ask your questions there, and let's see how the community responds. Because we are, again, creating a movement movement, creating this whole idea that natural movement is the better, obvious, healthy choice the way natural food is. And if you are engaging in this conversation, you are part of that movement. And we are happy to have you here. And we'd love for you to share that. So please do. And as I love to say, oh, actually, some things coming up in the future, just FYI, uh, natural ways of treating plantar fasciitis. I'm looking at some notes on why orthotics may be a scam. Five reasons why you might never want to run barefoot and a whole lot more. So if you want to be part of the tribe, please subscribe. You've been listening to the Movement Movement Podcast with host Stephen Sashin. Remember to join the tribe and subscribe at jointhemovementmovement.com.